Welcome to the Predictable Designs Podcast, where it's all about creating and selling successful new electronic hardware products. Here's your host, engineer and entrepreneur, John Till. Welcome to the Predictable Designs Podcast, where we discuss all things related to developing, manufacturing, marketing, and selling successful new electronic hardware products. I'm your host, John Teal. Developing a new electronic product is never quick or cheap, but I'm going to share with you 14 ways to significantly reduce your cost and time to market. Your number one goal should always be to get your product to market as quickly and cheaply as possible. As an entrepreneur with a limited budget, you need to focus on minimizing your upfront cost as much as possible, even if it means a higher product cost initially. So, we're going to focus on ways to reduce the upfront cost to get your product developed, manufactured, and on the market. Number one, simplify your product. You've likely heard of the phrase minimum viable product, and it's something I mention frequently. The goal of the MVP strategy is to simplify your product so you can get it to market as quickly as possible. Once your product is on the market, then you can begin gathering feedback. And based on that feedback, you can expand on your MVP to meet the market's true needs. Otherwise, you are only guessing what the market wants, which is never a good idea. The MVP concept is all about the process of build, measure, learn, and then repeat. The faster you can get to the measure and learn phase, the faster you can iterate your product and build your startup. The key to getting your product to market as quickly and as cheaply as possible is through simplification. In my years of helping entrepreneurs develop new products, I've learned that simplification is essential for a new product to make it to market before the founders run out of money. Number two, don't get a patent immediately. Start with a provisional patent application. Starting with a patent is one of the most common mistakes I see entrepreneurs make. Obtaining a patent should not be a top priority. Just remember, the majority of patents never actually make it to market. Patents are a death trap for new entrepreneurs that can cause you to waste thousands of dollars and a year or more of your precious time. Getting a full patent takes a lot of time and money, and it's not something you should ever attempt to do on your own without an attorney. Luckily, there is a cheaper option to a patent. You can obtain what is called a provisional patent application, which protects your product ID for one year. This gives you a year to judge your product's likelihood of success and whether or not it's worth spending the money for the full patent. A provisional patent only costs a couple hundred dollars and doesn't require an attorney. You can set one up in minutes. Patents can be important, but they shouldn't be your top priority. You are much better served by spending your money on product development and marketing. Don't stress about your idea getting stolen. No one steals unproven ideas. Always remember, your idea doesn't have any value until it is turned into a proven product. After the one year of protection expires, you may wish to pursue a design patent instead of the typical utility patent. A utility patent protects the product's function, whereas a design patent protects the appearance. Design patents are significantly cheaper and easier to get than utility patents, yet they still allow you to advertise your product as being patented. Number three, use modules for advanced functions. You will save money while reducing your risk if you use electronic modules for your product's more complex functions. Say, your product has to perform a specific electronic function like Bluetooth or GPS. You have three options, design a custom circuit, use a module, or use a combination of the two. Custom circuits will increase your upfront development cost but will typically reduce your unit cost at higher production volumes. Self-contained modules are usually used for more complex functions like Bluetooth, GPS, 
Wi-Fi, or a high-speed microprocessor. Self-contained modules can be added to the same printed circuit board as the custom-designed circuits. A case where you might use both a module and a custom design for a specific function is when using a wireless module that doesn't include an embedded antenna on the module. This will require a custom-designed antenna be added to the custom portion of your design. An antenna design can be quite complex. Modules are especially advantageous to use for your wireless functions because they also simplify FCC certification allowing you to get your product to market faster. The only two downsides to using modules are increased unit cost and possibly an increased product size. Unless you have a large development budget or a product that has to be insanely small to succeed, modules are the way to go initially for many advanced functions. Number four, minimize your certification costs. Certification costs can feel overwhelming to a cash-strapped startup, but there are ways for you to reduce or delay them. The easiest way to bypass certifications is to sell your product directly to consumers on your own website. For example, although UL certification is normally only required for products that plug into an AC outlet, most big retailers require that your product have UL certification, even if it doesn't plug into an AC outlet. Selling your product directly to consumers allows you to bypass or at least delay this certification. You may be able to entirely eliminate the need for UL certification by having your product recharge using a pre-certified USB charger or a pre-certified ACDC wall adapter. This way your product itself never connects directly to the AC power. As mentioned in the previous tip, one of the biggest benefits to using modules for any wireless functions is that you don't have to pay for the more expensive type of FCC certification. FCC certification is required for almost all electronic products sold in the U.S. to ensure they don't interfere with other radio communications. Your product will be classified by the FCC as either an intentional radiator or a non-intentional radiator. Intentional radiators are devices which purposefully emit radio waves. On the other hand, if your product does not emit radio waves, intentionally, it is classified as a non-intentional radiator. For example, if your product wirelessly communicates with a smartphone, then it intentionally radiates radio waves. But if your product is just a simple alarm clock, then it most likely does not intentionally radiate radio waves. It is much more expensive to obtain FCC certification if your product is classified as an intentional radiator. Non-intentional radiator certification costs only about $3,000 to $4,000, whereas intentional radiator certification costs at the very least $10,000. However, even if your product is wireless, you can get around the higher certification cost by using pre-certified modules for any of your product's wireless functions. This can allow you to get the lower cost non-intentional radiator certification, saving you thousands of dollars. Another certification you can try to bypass, at least temporarily, is ROHS certification, since California and the European Union are the only locations where it is currently required. You won't need ROHS certification if you are selling directly to your customers online, or if you only work with retailers outside of California and the European Union. Keep in mind, however, that most U.S. retailers will want you to have this certification if they have any stores in California. Since most large retailers operate stores in California, they usually require that all products be certified to California's standards. Finally, certifications are typically not required for sales tests. You are best to delay certification until after you've proven the product will sell and you are in the final stages of transitioning to mass manufacturing. Number five, keep your injection molds simple. Injection molding requires the use of molds that are machined or carved 
out of metal. This mold is carved with a cavity in the shape of your plastic parts. Liquid plastic is then injected at high temperatures into the mold's cavity. Once it cools, the mold is opened and the foreign part is removed. Molds are expensive, and the steel ones used in large-scale production runs can cost tens of thousands of dollars. The number of cavities that a mold has will determine the number of parts that can be produced with each injection of plastic. A single cavity mold can produce one plastic part at a time. A double cavity mold produces two and so on. Multi-cavity molds have two advantages, increased production rate and lower unit cost. But neither of these should be a priority for your first few production runs. Remember, always focus on minimizing your upfront costs. Most production molds are made from steel because it's hard and durable. But the hardness of steel also makes it more difficult to machine into the shape for your mold. Another way to keep your mold costs down is by using a softer metal like aluminum. Soft metals wear down more quickly, so the hardness of the metal determines how many parts you can make with the mold. Aluminum is considerably softer than steel, so aluminum molds won't last as long as steel ones, but they are a lot cheaper because they're easier to machine. Expect an aluminum mold to be able to manufacture up to around 10,000 parts, whereas a mold made of a very hard grade of steel can produce upwards of millions of parts. But aluminum molds will work fine in the early stages of production when your volume is lower anyways. In addition to reducing your mold costs by using single cavity aluminum molds, you can also reduce the cost by reducing the number of molds you need. When designing the 3D model for your product's enclosure, try to minimize the number of individual parts required. You'll almost always need at least two pieces, a top piece and a bottom piece. Having only two pieces may be unrealistic for many products, but reducing the piece count by even one or two pieces can save you tens of thousands in mold costs. Finally, be sure to keep your mold a simple pull design without what are called side actions. This means the manufactured part can be easily pulled out of the mold without the need for expensive and complex side actions. It's quite common for inexpensive experienced 3D designers to make the enclosure require side actions, but with some creative design techniques they can usually be eliminated. If your designer says your enclosure design requires side actions, then I'd recommend you get a second opinion. Number 6. Learn new skills. There are a lot of skills required to bring a product to market, and as an entrepreneur, you have to wear many hats. New products will need electronics design, programming, 3D modeling, graphic and website design, accounting, marketing, supply chain management, and finally sales. You can save considerable money by learning to do some of these tasks on your own. When I decided to bring my own product to market, I ended up teaching myself how to do 3D modeling and design for injection molded plastic. This ultimately saved me thousands of dollars and even sped up development. Normally, learning a new skill slows down development compared to hiring someone that already has the necessary skills. However, in some cases, such as when appearance is critical, I've found it can speed things up if you learn to do it yourself. Even if you don't plan to do the task yourself, it's critical that you have a basic understanding of any task you plan to outsource. Otherwise, you cannot effectively manage them or judge the quality of their work. Number seven, buy a 3D printer. If appearance is important for your product, you will almost certainly need multiple iterations on your enclosure design to get it right. The cost of these prototype iterations can really add up, with each version costing hundreds of dollars. For many products where appearance and ergonomics are critical, a dozen prototype iterations is not uncommon. You can now purchase a decent 3D printer for several hundred dollars. So if you think you'll require more than a couple prototype iterations to get your enclosure design right, then consider purchasing your own 3D printer. By creating your own 3D printed prototypes, not only will you save money on prototyping costs, 
but you also significantly speed up your development time. The key to speeding up product development is to prototype early and often. A 3D printer allows you to quickly iterate your prototype at very little cost. A lower cost 3D printer will be fine for early prototypes, but you may want to use a professional prototype company for prototypes you plan to share. Number eight, hire offshore engineers. You can typically find engineers in countries like India, China, Russia, and Pakistan who are willing to work at a much lower rate than engineers in Western countries. As with any location, there are some amazing engineers to be found in these lower cost countries. But also, as with any location, there are some really bad engineers too. Worse yet, there are even some dishonest ones out there. The key to this strategy being successful is making sure that someone on your team possesses the necessary skills to review their work appropriately. Don't even attempt to hire offshore developers unless you get a design review and get help to fill in your gaps in technical knowledge. Otherwise, you you are opening yourself up to a lot of financial risk. Number nine, bring on a co-founder. Bringing on at least one co-founder has numerous advantages. They can bring skills, connections, and money. Of course, the cost to you is equity in your company. But a small piece of the big pie is better than no pie at all. Instead of outsourcing to an outsider, bring on a co-founder with these skills. Bring on a co-founder that best complements your skills. For example, if you're an engineer, then bring on a marketer or vice versa. Just make sure you get along well with them because you will essentially be married to them for years to come. You will save a lot of money and time if you can partner with a co-founder that has a complementary skill set to your own. Number 10, use stock components. A stock component is something that is already made and ready for purchase. Stock components will be part of a supplier's inventory, and you can use them to bypass having to custom design and manufacture some parts of your product. For the electronics, this means that you should use existing chips instead of trying to custom design your own chip. As for the product's enclosure, think about whether you could utilize a stock enclosure, at least for early testing, or whether you could substitute any other custom parts with stock parts. Even eliminating just a couple custom parts can save you major money. Let's say you are developing a new type of computer mouse. You could consider purchasing the plastic pieces from an existing mouse manufacturer. At the very least, these stock parts should work for your works like prototype, since suppliers sell project boxes. These are cases or enclosures they have in stock. Keep in mind they are usually pretty crude and work best for early prototypes or DIY projects. For most consumer products, you are better off buying an enclosure from a manufacturer like I described in the computer mouse example. Number 11, get a design review. Prototyping isn't cheap, so you can save a lot of money by reducing the number of prototype iterations. You need to make sure that your design is correct and functional before you create an actual prototype. The best way to do this is to hire a good designer, plus an independent designer to review their work. You can reduce your development costs and your total development time by having an independent engineer review your product designs before you order the actual prototype. This doesn't mean your first prototype will be ready for market. Even after being carefully reviewed, most products need several prototype iterations to get them ready for market. But the fewer iterations that you require, the more money you will save and the faster you'll get to market. Number 12, find a manufacturer to help with development and scaling costs. There are several ways that manufacturers can lower your costs. They may be willing to donate engineering services or amortize some of your higher costs like creating your first steel molds. They also have the ability to extend favorable payment terms, allowing you to get paid by your customers before having to pay your manufacturer. Try to find a factory that isn't manufacturing at capacity 
because they will be more likely to help you, but it must be a factory already manufacturing products similar to your own. Ultimately, you should try to find a manufacturing partner that has a vested interest in the success of your product. Number 13, use purchase order financing and invoice factoring. If you can't find a manufacturer willing to give you favorable payment terms, consider purchase order financing or invoice factoring. If a company with established credit gives you a significantly large purchase order, you may be able to obtain purchase order financing. There are lending companies that will finance the production of that order. Obtaining PO financing depends not on your own credit rating, but on the credit rating of your customer. Invoice factoring is an option if you or your manufacturer can fund manufacturing at least until the order is ready to ship to the customer. Once you ship the order to your customer, you will issue them an invoice. You then essentially sell this invoice to the invoice factoring company. The interest rate for invoice factoring is significantly lower than for PO financing since the lender's risk is lower because you've already completed the manufacturing. With both PO financing and invoice factoring, the lending company takes over the job of collecting payment from your customer. That can be a good or bad thing. Having a third-party company interacting with your customer can be dangerous, so be careful. Number 14, get an advisor. Very few people have all of the skills necessary to bring a new product to market, and even if they do, they likely won't always have the right mindset. The point is, regardless of your skills and experience, you cannot get a new product to market without help. If you're an engineer, then you'll likely need help on the non-technical side of things, such as business operations, marketing, sales, and logistics. If you're less technical, then development is where you'll need the most help. I've always felt that one sign of wisdom is knowing how much you don't know. The more you learn, the more you realize how much you don't know. So recognize what you don't know and seek out support from those that do. Doing so will ultimately save you thousands of dollars and keep you from wasting months or years going down the wrong path. If you'd like to have me and a team of experts as advisors to help guide you through the maze from idea to market, then you should join my Hardware Academy program. To summarize, when bringing a new product to market, you absolutely need to carefully analyze every dollar you spend. Your goal should be to get your product to market as quickly and cheaply as possible. Don't worry so much about minimizing your product's manufacturing cost in the early days, assuming you know you can eventually achieve profitability. Instead, focus on minimizing how much money it costs to get your product to market. With these tips, you're well on your way to getting your product to market faster and saving a significant amount of money while doing it. That's it for today. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Predictable Designs podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then definitely check out the hardwareacademy.com where you can get support from myself and other experts to help you successfully get your product developed and on the market. We have experts in electronics design, enclosure design, prototyping, certifications, manufacturing, marketing, startups, and sales. You even get private one-on-one consulting directly with me. The Hardware Academy also includes a highly active and incredibly helpful community of other hardware entrepreneurs with a wide range of experience and skills. No longer do you have to go at it all alone. Now you have a community of experts on your team. You'll also get regular in-depth training courses, workshops, product teardowns, and resources to help you succeed with your product. Finally, you get access to my list of recommended developers, suppliers, and manufacturers. Check out the Hardware Academy today at thehardwareacademy.com.